Hello, and welcome to Self-Taught Devs. If this is your first time joining us, this is a podcast where two self-taught developers discuss the learning and growth experience for folks just getting into the industry. My name is Eric Winklespecht. And I'm Matt Ehrlich. And today we are speaking with Stephen Sheaves. Thank you for joining us, Stephen. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, of course. And if the audience remembers, last time we had you on, we were kind of asking you some technical questions specifically about cores. But this time, we really want to get a, sort of a deep dive into your background, what got you into programming, and what that process was like for you when you started learning and how you got your first job. And where I would like to start is, what were you doing before you kind of got into programming and coding? And then what led up to it? Oh, man, that's a long story, actually. Um, so when I first like got out of high school, I was a I actually ended up going straight into the restaurant industry. And I was actually very passionate about the restaurant industry. Something came from, you know, early childhood, I just always loved to build and create things. And so um, being in the restaurant industry, uh, it really just gave me an opportunity to make amazing food and really just make people happy and share this thing that I was creating with, you know, people. And I would be in the cook's line constantly making up stuff and coming up with new plates, making stuff for the servers that they would just go crazy for and asking me if they have like a whole secret menu just for the servers that would cook for them all the time. And um, so that's how that's how I actually started like working in the restaurant. That's, I was working in the restaurant industry before I got into writing software. And I just would constantly be thinking, again, I'm a, I'm a, I like to build things and create things. I would always be thinking about like app ideas. I don't know why I just stuck with me app ideas, constantly thinking about app ideas, the wheel of lunch and, you know, just, just different, like, I don't know, social media ideas or whatever. And I, when I was working in the restaurant industry, I, like, I just had this idea one day. I was like, oh, I think I should totally build this app. And I think it was like a wheel of lunch tile app, which is where you spin the wheel and it tells you where to go eat or whatever. And I had this idea. I was like, oh, I should build this app. And so I went and bought this little crappy computer that didn't barely run anything. And I downloaded Android Studio, did some research, downloaded Android Studio. It was like, I'm going to write this app. And I got into it. Gradle smacked me in the face and I had no clue what was going on. And I basically gave up on it for a little bit. Um, but there was a point where uh, when my son was born, this is a couple of years after that, right? Probably about three years after that, um, me and my wife got married and uh, we had our first son and like right after he was born, like I was just like holding him and looking down and it just hit me so hard that I had to do better than what I was doing. And I love the restaurant industry, believe I was very passionate about it, but I was like, I've got to find a way to not work 90 hours a week and, you know, barely make it, you know? And so I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to start a blog. Like that's how I'm going to break out of the, uh, you know, of, you know cycle of poverty and and so i started a blog and it was a cooking blog and i was just like loved it i had a, a blast with it and uh, it's called barely gourmet you can look it up if you want there are like four recipes on there <laughs> but um i i started doing some css stuff because there was something i wanted it to do a link or a color of something and i did some css and i like typed in a css a little bit of css code and it popped up on my screen instantly like hooked I could not stop coding like from that moment on. I was like, this is what I want to do. And so I started getting into that and started learning like HTML and CSS from there. And that's kind of how I, my, my mind switched from the restaurant industry into to software and programming. I find it super interesting that 
you know, you go from one career path where you're like, I'm making something for people. And you go to another career path, you're like, I'm making something for people, right? So there's that really good common thread in there. What is it about you that attracts you to that kind of work, right? Whether it's making food or making software, you know, I think when we talk about folks who want to make the career change, right, there's a lot of discussion about like, you should not just do it for the money. You should do it because you love it, which like, you know, whether you believe that or not, whatever. But some people think you just do better in, in a career change like this and learning that kind of material if you find joy in the kind of work. So what is it about you that you're like, that's what you're into? You know, when you made that connection with software, but it started with making food. How does that click? Funny, it, it actually started when I was very young. I started inventing things, I started taking things apart. So like cameras or electric motors, just motorized things, anything mechanical or electrical that was safe to take apart, I would take apart. And some stuff that wasn't safe, I would take apart too. Um, and, and would just like make stuff with it. Like, I remember one time I took a electric fan, like, like, like a, one of those fans that swivel and spin and they kind of like you put on your head, your, 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 you know, your dresser or whatever. Um, and I was like, take, took one of those apart and like made something else with it, try to make like a go-kart with it. Of course it wouldn't work because it had to be plugged into the wall, but you know, I was just making things all the time when I was a kid. And, and my mom was always like, you know, you're going to grow up to be an inventor. And they worked in a factory. So she, they were, they actually worked for a, a small business. It was actually a manufacturing company. And being around that, like, it was just always really encouraged for me to, like, build and create things. So I just developed this passion for building things and solving problems. Something about there's, like, a rush you get when you solve a problem and it works. And it's, like, that first time it clicks and it works. But then you show it to somebody and they're just, like, that's really cool, you know. And, and you get that just, like, that rush of, like, yeah, I was able to take my brain and solve that problem and work through all of the frustrations and then figure it out and then deliver it to somebody so they could see it. And so that's where it really came from was way back when I was a kid. And it meant that love for problem solving and that love for creating and building manifested itself in my, in many ways. Like I, when I, I was young, I loved to play music. I play guitar. I love playing guitar. It's fantastic. I love to sing. I love to share that with people. That's another way of expressing expressive and creating. Um, and then it, then it came out in my, probably 10 year old or eight year old self in cooking. I love started cooking. I just fell in love with cooking because it's just so creative. You can take the different components of different things and put it together in a unique way and then put it in front of somebody and they just be amazed with what you've created. And that is a, it's just a, an awesome feeling to me. And that's kind of how it, you know, the going from restaurants to software, it came from that in wanting to be an inventor when I was a kid and being in restaurants was actually more like scratching the itch of wanting to be an inventor rather than a change of what I wanted. This is actually just more in line with what I always you know, wanted. It was kind of like my calling, so to be my, my purpose, if you will. I think many of us can relate to that story. And specifically what you said about you wrote some CSS and it appeared on your, your screen and you were hooked. That specifically resonates with me because that's exactly what happened. And it was just like, whoa, I just typed this thing and it appears on my screen. This is absolute craziness. So you were you, you were starting, you were working on your blog and kind of uh, working on some CSS. What was your plan at that point? Did you decide that you were going to maybe take a course or you were just going to tinker a little bit more? What was your plan for, for progressing and learning at that point? Oh man, I'm going to back up one step and then I'll tell you how I got there. So I, the reality was, is when I started working on the 
when I started working on the blog, I had already had that pre-exposure to like writing code twice before. And at the beginning, the first time I explored it, I had picked up some HTML book and dropped it real quick. But I was like motivated by money. I was like, I'm broke. I need to find a way to make money. And I like looked it up and I was like, ooh, this is this was like 15 years ago, 18 years ago. So I was like, man, this is the future, you know? And then I never, never did anything with it. So like fast forward 10 years later, I had this app idea. I was like, this is cool. And then gave up again. And really more of a like life got in the way and like the other stuff was more pressing at that time. And then when I started doing something with it, that CSS moment, it was like, it just clicked. And I was so just, it was so awesome. But at that moment, my plan was to create a blog and it was a cooking blog and I was going to try to sell knives. I had actually had, you know, reached out on, was going to do like Amazon FBA kind of not drop shipping, but order products ahead of time and ship them myself. And I made this line of knives um, using a supplier in China and it was going to be this pro chef brand. And that was my plan. Like it was this business I was going to start. And I was so excited about it. Of course it was really far-fetched. Like you don't start the business before like the blog. It was, I was like, Oh, I'm going to use this blog to drive it, but I didn't have any traction. So I realized it's a little naive looking back. But, you know, that was like my plan at the time. And I had kind of like set up all this stuff. And then I paid for this trademark thing. And they found out there was someone else with like the trademark. And I kind of derailed my plans and that lost steam. But at that same time, I discovered, I started, that's when the CSS started happening. And I really just discovered like, this is really cool. So I started Googling around and tried to find um, like, how can I teach myself? Is it possible? I, and I saw all these articles. It's possible to teach yourself coding and get a career. And then I saw this this article. It was how to teach, how to learn coding in six months and get a job um, in 2017 or 2018, I think, one of the two. And um, so it was by Andrew, I don't know how to say it, Andre uh, Negaway. Forgive me if, you know, I said that wrong, but he does the Zero to Mastery courses. But it was the article of his that started that whole zero to mastery movement with all the tutorials so I started reading that and that was like my plan at first like I started reading this article I read the whole article and then was like this is the way like I know I'm confident this is going to happen and I started just doing the courses in that article CS50 and then like all these other courses and it was like a strategic like do these free videos in order and it'll give you the foundation you need so my plan was to do that and then somehow figure out how to get hired. And at that time, I didn't know what that meant or like what that was going to look like. But that was my plan at the time. Originally, I was wanting to start a business. And then and then I was like, well, let me learn how to code. And then I'll think about a business later once I know how to do it. It's pretty wild to hear that like your starting point for teaching yourself uh, coding was something specifically titled like how to learn coding and get a job in six months. And this was, you said like this was in 2017 or so. It did not right. take six months. That was a, that was false, but yeah, yeah so it's, somewhere around there. It's it's wild that they those that whole thing is like it's not a recent movement, right? Like we see YouTube videos and and you know whatever articles about that still, where it's like you can learn in three to six months and get a job, which is kind of insanity. So how long did it actually take you? What did that path look like for you? A long time. Um, it took me a lot longer than I'd like it to have. I think it was um four three or four it was like three and a half to four years i think i my my actually first started working officially for a w2 job um would have been 2021 because it was like 20 days after my daughter was born it was like right after that yeah but i actually started on, on an internship so it would have been 2020 so three and a half four years yeah about three and a half four years wow. how that do you stay motivated <laughs> how do you stay motivated during that amount of time like i, I guess we should understand too you know 
three and a half to four years of a learning process when within that learning process does like the job search start for you you know how do, how does that kind of stuff play out yeah so no, my my situation was a little different than maybe others might have been. I started to learn to code, and uh, again, remember, I was very passionate about the restaurant industry. I actually paused for about nine months during that, and did not touch touch code a single time. So I had started learning JavaScript, HTML, CSS, right, basic, just the normal path, and then I got okay at building really basic static stuff, but was still pretty overwhelmed by the idea of building like a full enterprise application and all the stuff and bits and pieces that go with it. And then I had an opportunity to open a restaurant with a colleague and we actually did open a business and it's successful. It's still open today. I ended up leaving the company around COVID. I'm not going to get into why, but you know, it was stuff. And so I actually ended up starting, starting a restaurant with a guy and we did really fantastic. And that was something that, again, I'm just very passionate about and building and creating again, that's where my drive for trying to, start businesses comes from too, like to build, create and share. Um, but then um, I started looking for jobs about six months after I left that. And that would have been in 2020. That would have been early 2020. I started when I left, it was April of 2020. And I hit it hard react. I really dove deep on react, dove deep on Java and spring and um, a lot of CSF, really cool CSS stuff, because I really wanted to know how to make something pop and look good on a page. Um, and and I spent about six months really, really nailing it down hard. And when before I really started applying heavy, and I applied throughout the whole whole time, you know, for about uh, probably six months before I took my break, and then for the entire six months I applied. A little bit and then i started applying like crazy i would just it's probably four or five applications six applications a day ten applications a day sometimes really putting the effort in on those applications on some of them and then some of them i was clicking linkedin apply you know the easy apply by the way i don't think it works in easy apply i think you're not going to get any traction there but i ended up putting in about 800 applications and it took me about three and a half four years before i got my first in 2021 um got an internship and that internship really just opened the doors for me. So how, first of all, how did you find that internship? And secondly, once you got there, what was that process like? Because you got your first role after all of this hard work, months and even years of trying to get into it. Um, so how did you get in? And then what was it like once you first started? Right. Um, how did I get in? Um, that is actually an interesting story. I tried very, very hard for a very long time. Like I said, put in about probably about 750 applications before I decided this is I'm not getting any traction, zero responses. And the, the at that point, the the market for industry for talent was really not hot at all. It was like right before COVID. And so that was just, it was just not a good, it was right actually right when COVID was starting. So at that, at that moment, it was really bad. And then about a year later, it's, that's when it got really hot. Um, but anyway, so when, when I was in that, um, when I was in that stage, what I, I, I had not seen any tractions, like I got to do something different. I actually started going to college and that is, I guess maybe, you know, that takes away a little bit of the self-taught, you know, perspective, but I was self-taught way before that. And I was proficient at engineering, but I started going to college because I was like, you know, I need, if I can, you know, I'm going to keep moving, keep trying to get hired. 
keep trying to learn, keep learning on the side, but I'm also going to kind of, you know, bust through this college. And it was an online college. So I was able to move through it as quickly as I wanted to. And um, which was, I was able to move through it very quickly because I had already had so much knowledge of the I mean, I've self-taught like so much computer science stuff. I was able to move through it, start moving through it really quickly. I knocked about half of the curriculum out in six months. And then um, through that college, they gave us an opportunity to get into a, it was called Handshake, a, a platform for getting internships and stuff for, you know, college students. And so I was able to get an internship through that platform. Um, the company reached out to me and I have an interesting story about that internship interview. I'll tell you in a minute, but I um, was able to get that internship and, um, and I mean, a lot after that, the rest is history. I can, I can go into that a little bit. So uh, funny enough, I, when I did the internship interview, so the first thing was just a real quick, like, Hey, how are you? You know, standard. I'm sure you guys have been through it by now. Hi, how are you? What do you know? What do you, you know, are you good at React? Okay, awesome. We'll get you with the technical interviewer. So that one, ACES actually was, it was very, felt really good, was very confident throughout that process and had my, in, my technical interview. And I had, it was interviewing for another company at the time too. And had done this like panel interview and was like slaughtered in this panel interview. It was like bad. I was, they did not want anything to do with me. And I was just like feeling super low, but the next day, and also a lot of stuff was going on in me. My, my, my mom was going through stuff. She actually passed like during this exact time. My um my daughter was being born like like literally like two weeks after this interview had or like right when yeah two weeks after this interview that was gonna happen, and so um I went into this interview and I was just like not feeling confident at all. And I got this interviewer and he was a senior software engineer, but dude was really just so cool. And we got to chit chatting and talking, and I really just tried to like you know be friendly and like work you know you know have soft skills have a conversation made him laugh a little bit had some fun and then we actually did the I had done this assessment right they had sent me an assessment like the online assessments that you do and I took the assessment and I, I didn't finish it and I was like no like after I had done talk to this 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 recruiter and he was like so excited about having me talk to them and he had sent me the assessment I failed it I was like this is so crazy like I was so heartbroken and all this stuff was going on so I was like man I was about ready to give up but then I was like you know what I am just going to give this a shot and I'm going to go click the link again and just see what happens so I went back into my email and I clicked the link again it was like a coder byte assessment or whatever and lo and behold, it popped back up and had all of my previous work and let me submit it again. So I had submitted the first time and failed it. And then I submitted it again. It took me like two minutes to solve it. And that's what got me the interview. It actually accepted it. I was able to go, go back and accept it. It was like a glitch. It shouldn't have happened. It was like a lucky break. And so I, I finished it up. It took me like two minutes to finish it because it was like so close to being done. I had one time like white space issue. And then um, then I get into my... Um, my interview with the guy and I'm talking to this guy and he's really cool and he gives me this Java problem and Java was not my forte at the time react was what I knew the best but I had learned some Java so I worked through it really slowly and I really just sucked in that interview it was bad but um, I talked to the guy and eventually he was like look man I gotta go but what would you have done if you knew the syntax and I was like this is what I would have done and I told him what I was thinking, right? I just couldn't put it in, put it into syntax. And he was like, dude, it's exactly what I would have done. Thank you. And then I, and I was, I was, I was like, dude, I sucked. This is bad. Let me just, I'm calling it quits, you know? And then, um, and then he actually, I got another call back and I got another interview and I interviewed with the, the manager at that point. And he was like, yeah, everybody was really, you know, really impressed with you and all this other stuff. 
anyway, so that's how I got the interview. That's the cool, that's the, was the cool thing was going through that and actually having failed, but not giving up helped me get that interview. I talked to my manager about a year later and I told him the story I just told you. He was like, yeah, I know. I noticed that's why I wanted to hire you because he saw that I had done it twice. And he was like, I know you wouldn't give up if you got hired in this internship. So that's the first part to your question. Um, that was interesting. And I know the question you really asked was like, what was it like? So when I first got started, I was overwhelmed. I had no clue what was going on. But I was I knew that if I put enough effort into it, that I would be able to to really get started and get moving quickly. So my day one, um, the very first thing I had to do was like get my 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 development environment and set up and, you know, did a little bit of, you know, boilerplate training that they did for like HR and like how to time your stuff, or track your time. But then I got started real quick and everything was really not easy. I was using a Mac, I was using a Windows machine. All the documentation was for Mac. It was just really confusing. And, and I would, I didn't do it. It wasn't, it was very difficult to get started and I was very overwhelmed. And I felt kind of like an imposter at that point. It was like, I, what am I doing here? Like I'm obviously a fraud, you know, but then I really just dug deep and was like, no, I've got to get through this. So what I did was I really just reached out to people, asked tons of questions, busted it out, figured it out and got through that onboarding. And the whole time I was taking notes and documenting what I was doing. And then I went and up, uh, upload, updated all the onboarding documentation. Well, when I did that, you know, as an intern, it's like day one as an intern, I'm, I'm you know, providing value by up, updating this onboarding documentation. My, my manager at the time was like, hey, I see you doing this. That's really cool. Um, can you onboard the next couple engineers? So then immediately I'm given this responsibility of like the next six full-time engineers, I'm onboarding them. Like I'm doing their walkthrough and, hey, let me help you get set up because I worked through all these problems and was able to get all these people set up. And that like really just set me up for success when it came to, um, when it, when it came to like just making a good impression, you know, because I was able to immediately provide value and then go, you know, give a good impression. Thank you for listening to the Self-Taught Devs Podcast. If you appreciate what we do and want to help support the show, we're now on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash self-taught devs pod. Your contribution not only allows us to keep making episodes like this, but you'll also get a monthly newsletter from Matt or Eric, get access to the Self-Taught Devs Discord server, where you can help shape the direction of the show by providing feedback or topic suggestions, and you can even get a special monthly episode exclusively for our Patreon supporters. That's patreon.com forward slash self-taught devs pod, all one word. Steven, man, I, I know you said uh, you took advantage of your time kind of in the beginning of that internship and started doing documentation updates, which I've heard folks do before. And I think that's a really cool way to like get started in the process. Um, what I am curious to hear about in your first couple of days of, you know, getting into an actual job doing this thing now, right? Like you taught yourself a bunch of stuff. You went to school for some stuff. So you did a lot of learning. I don't really know what kind of projects you built on the way to getting that internship. What things you found helped you in that internship kind of get up and running, doing the job professionally. What kind of stuff you would recommend folks do who were like on the path, right? When you talk about, because I'm going to do it again and I do it all the time. I, I talk smack about like the weather app, right? Where we all build it. We all build something similar on our way to finding that first job. 
it's probably not the thing that's going to get you that first job, right? And I think the more I talk about this, the more I'm like, I want to have more conversations about the skills you should probably focus on building besides just like learning your syntax and building some projects that are going to help you actually acclimate to the professional environment. So what was that process like for you? What stuff did you do that you felt prepared you? And kind of like, what else would you have done had you known differently leading into it? Yeah, so the most important thing that I did before getting a job was I actually had real projects with real business requirements from people who weren't me. And that was, I think, the it was only a few projects that I did, but I had a few projects where I I did some a little bit of open source work, and it was just like a game. It was called Threes, Threes, Three in a Row, or Threes a Charm, or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll I can maybe find it and link it. But it was my first open source pull request, and doing going through that process and looking at a new code base I'd never touched before, and having to figure out how to commit to that code base how to run their tests, how to write tests within their within their paradigm, how to learn what their code is doing and then actually interact with it and get to what their code was doing and like how to read the code and figure out how that's going to affect what's happening on the screen for something I've never touched before. That was huge and it was a tiny PR. It was a very small change, but it was really pivotal for me and I had done that during Hacktoberfest, I think. And it was really pivotal for me to do that because it introduced me to this concept of modifying code I've never seen before, never touched before, didn't understand, but I was still able to modify it because I didn't need to understand the entire system. I just needed to understand the tiny little bit of abstraction that I was dealing with. That was huge. And the second uh, and third things that I think were, you know, two other important projects is I had built a few projects for a few different entrepreneurs, very small businesses, just small websites, but I had built them from scratch, static HTML, CSS. I did one with a little bit of PHP, but building those projects for those people and running into actual problems, delivering it. Like for example, there was this one where I was building for a, cl a cleaning lady and I couldn't figure out how to make my header. Like I had to, every time I had to copy paste my header everywhere, right? In HTML. And it, obviously that's a bad, keep it dry, right? But at the time, that was me learning that. And I was like, well, I wonder if there's a way I can solve this problem. Well, learning about what dry is through an actual business requirement of every time this lady asked me to change a link, I have to change six places. That is what helped me with that. So I ended up using like PHP. I was like, how can I do this? And I saw some PHP stuff and was like, let's do that. So I wrote some PHP and like getting into that situation really helped because it allowed me to solidify a little bit of the ideas of like you know, what sucks about writing code and how do you make it suck less? And then also this idea of, I know nothing about this other language, but I know the fundamentals of algorithms, which is why algorithms are so important. I know the fundamentals of logic and I can just Google how to do that logic in that language. And that was huge. There was also another project that I had done, you know, doing my, like my, my, my portfolio project, I had decided like, I want to do this really cool carousel that's like 3d and like flips the images around it's actually was really cool what it ended up being but it was horrible ui but going through this process of like taking this code refactoring it and then you know like borrowing some code from someone else and then making it work for me and figuring out how to do these like 3d renderings and figuring out how to use like canvas and things like that that also was like really cool so like going when in, when i'm going into projects i developed this like fearlessness about tackling new stuff 
because every time I tackle this new problem, I realize I could start this new problem and it would not take me, but you know, it would just, just um, um, any amount of time, right? However much time it would take, but just effort and consistency, eventually I was going to figure out how to do it. And that mentality was extremely helpful when actually starting. And then there was one more project I had done that was really pivotal for me. And it actually helped me get the job directly. I had built this, um, there was a guy on Upwork. I had taken a, a an Upwork client and he wanted me to build him like this video, really complex video player module so that he could put it on a page and then like orchestrate different videos to come in and out of the page playing at different times with different overlays and text and all this other stuff. And it was super complicated, but being able to just tackle that and getting my first paid, you know, paid bit of code that that was just also extremely important because I got to translate his business ideas into actual software. And the way that all of those things kind of wrapped up and helped me was especially when I got to my first story point. I didn't have, I didn't have a clue what story points were. They were like, hey, you need to pick up your story. The boss was like, I don't care whether it's one point or 10. And I'm like, what's a point? And he was like, um, he was like, just I want to see if you can get your first feature out. And so I'm sitting in stand up or my first stand up and we're talking about like what I'm going to take. And they were like, well, we need to get this done, this Terraform work, right? And Terraform is something that at the time I had no clue, I had no idea what that was. Um, so I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And everybody's just crickets. Nobody wants to pick up the story. And I'm like, I want to do it. Let me do it. You know, I'm, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. So I took took the story for this. This No one wanted to do it because nobody was familiar with it. was kind of scared of the unknown. And so I was like, I'm going to do that. And me being like fearless and just taking that on, I was able to actually become the subject matter expert before the end of my internship on that particular technology. And, you know, being a, a two-month, 10-year, you know, intern and being the subject matter expert at your company for a for technology, that was super powerful. And it was all those those skills and those habits that I had built up, not not being afraid of trying something new, not letting myself get overwhelmed whenever something was really, really hard and knowing that if I just shine enough lights in enough places, I'd eventually see the full picture, you know, and then and then knowing how to nav learning how to navigate a code base through that experience with the open source. That is huge. And I'm sure, Eric, you've probably experienced this yourself figuring out how to navigate a code base and like piece together why decisions were made or like why business or old or like learning about old business requirements through the code. That is so powerful, incredibly mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. It's a, it's a really interesting process to go through. And one that I, I don't know that I wish I did more of during my job search or during the learning process, but I definitely recommend now to folks who are on that journey, like find your ways to do that because you're going to end up reading a lot of code, you know, and like anything that you can do to practice reading code and understanding what someone else wrote, not only does it give you like the benefit of seeing like, oh, maybe this is a bad practice of like how this person named their variables and whatever, right? But it's just, it gives you better coding literacy. You know, it's a very different process between encountering a problem and writing something that solves that problem. And then going back and even from your own code from like, six months ago, right? And like going back and reading a solution to something and be like, what is this doing? So that whole process is a necessity. You know, like, who knows where you're going to end up doing your job, you're probably not going to be doing something greenfield, you know, you're not going to be doing something from the ground up, you're going to be working on a code base that someone else had a hand in or multiple people had a hand in building. 
And if you are not accustomed to reading code and figuring things out that way and navigating something new, you're going to have to catch up very quickly to, to be able to be valuable, right? You got to prove that you can do something very quickly and, and get started to help your team. Absolutely. And to add on that, navigating a code base, that's a huge part of it. Like knowing how to find what you're looking for is simple example. I, I had done this one thing and I highly recommend anyone doing it. Go find some videos on dev tools and start learning how to use dev tools. Because for example, if you like are doing something on the front end and you're like, I know that I need to make this different. What you can do is do that on the front end, look at your network tab, figure out what the, what the URL is that you're hitting, search that in your backend database. You like use your IDE to search that through the whole thing. Then you find the controller endpoint that they're hitting. And then you can trace through the code, put debugging points, watch what's happening. But when I first started in an enterprise role, I had watched that stuff, but it didn't click for me. But then when I started actually doing it, that started clicking for me, like how to actually get into a code base. What is Git blame for? Why am I doing a pull request? And why all the data that you put in a pull request, like pull request description, commit, even just commit messages, just how critical it is to be detailed and don't fluff it. You know, don't go trying again in your commit mm -hmm. message because it's not helpful to you later and you're leaving a breadcrumb trail. That's the, everything about like really good coding practices, all the, you know, how you structure your code, all of it's about making it easy for you to come back to it later and understand how to change it safely. You know, that's what like, code would work. If you could write everything in one file, an entire software program in one single file, you could do that. And it could be the best Google you've ever seen. But then when someone come to change it, that 10,000, 2 million line file that would theoretically work, um, would it, it's not editable, right? So that's why all of these different tools and practices. So getting in there and understanding why that stuff exists helps you make better decisions. Because like you said, you come onto it and you're like, this is a horrible variable name. Well, now you know how to think about how to write a good variable name for the future. I find it incredible that it sounded like you basically like we're building a Lego set where each little project that you took on, you added a little piece of knowledge and, and added here and added here with your um, with what you were doing in open source and working on projects for other people. And to sum it up, it kind of sounds like you did a lot of that plus putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And that really led to lots of growth. And so clearly you're not an intern anymore. So how did you go from intern to maybe uh, full-time or how did you move up into higher positions? Um, well, the the easiest answer to that is really just working probably too much. Um, so and I'm being silly a little bit, but when I first got started as an intern, I actually left my previous job and I, I had just, my daughter was born. I was on the 10th of May. My first day was the 31st of May. Uh, in 2021 and and so or 2020 2020 I don't know whatever day whatever year it was so I had like no time and I had left my previous job I was working in a um in a like a support role and so when I hit got in there I was like I've got three months to prove myself or my family's not going to eat and so I went in there with this fire and this intensity and motivation from, like I said, looking at my son and my, my brand new daughter and my wife and making sure that they were going to have everything they needed to survive. And I was like, I'm going to take a chance on me and take this internship, even though I, I'm not sure that I'm going to have a job after this. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to slay it. So I worked my butt off. Honestly, I just every single every story that came across the board that someone didn't want to take, I took it. I wanted to be the, the subject matter expert. I 
learned that this terraform thing i started getting into it and nobody else knew it so i dug in on that and was like i'm going to make sure that i know this better than anyone so that i'm so valuable they can't fire me and so i took that practice like through day one of writing documentation till the last day that i of my internship or till the day that or till now even and and just took this idea i'm going to be so valuable to this company that they can't fire me and 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 think it's a good business decision they cannot let me not continue they can't not hire me without without it being a bad business decision right and so really just took as many stories i could grabbed as much knowledge and did as much work and delivered as much value as i possibly could as quickly as possible and really just tried to to ask as many questions as possible and, and was able to become very quickly one of the key members on that team if nothing else just from asking questions no one else had you know they didn't want to ask they didn't want to look silly or whatever so i just asked the questions like i'm new i'm not going to look silly you know and i ended up uh worked after and working very hard like i worked way too many hours i worked too many hours to be honest i was getting paid hourly and i totally worked like three or four hours off the clock every day just to make sure which i'm not saying i recommend that but honestly if you're the person who will do that and take that hit and take that sacrifice to get the job like that's the type of person who's going to win right the person who's willing to put in the work and do it even when it sucks sometimes and, you know, I did that. It was hard balance. Um, so delivering value, that's the number one way, you know, find out what actually is value. That's the hard part is what actually is valuable. And I'll tell you the the most valuable thing. And the reason why junior engineers have a hard time is because what's valuable to a company is somebody doesn't need to be held, their hand held. They don't need direction to be valuable. And that's the thing that helped me the most was, you know, directing my own learning. And this is what I think self-taught devs actually get so good at is you have to direct your own learning. That's what's important when you get to the job. You need to be able to direct your own value delivery, right? You lean on your team members, obviously, but it's up to you to deliver the deliver the product or deliver the feature or whatever. And And, you know, figuring out what's actually important to somebody it's not always important to have perfect code. Honestly, it's not. As much as we'd love to say it is, it's not. What's really important is how fast can I get this done? How safe is it going to be? Is it secure? Is it going to be able to be modified later? Is it, you know, can someone else come back on it later? And is it going to be, is it going to cause me like problems later, right? Like, you know, am, am I, am I going to have like bugs from this code? Is it going to be like badly performing or whatever? Does it fit the requirements and is it done? Those are two things. Does it fit the requirements? Is it done? Does that make sense? And being able to find those two things and then drive forward that, drive forward and and deliver those two things. The code is done. The features are there. All the rest of the stuff kind of like falls in place. Basically, it sounds like you just really applied that over and over that incredibly hard work ethic and just the the willingness to continuously learn and, and ask questions and throw yourself again into those uncomfortable situations. So that brings us to now, what are, maybe you can share, maybe you can't, but what are you working on now? Yeah. So right now, I mean, it's mo mo basically full stack, you know, um, you know, mostly Java backend stuff and, um, you know, React frontend stuff. Uh, but, you know, obviously you have to be careful about what you say out loud, but um, it, you know, it's all, it's all ma mainly just full stack stuff. But I, I mean, I touch all kinds of things, man. I, you know, I touch infrastructure stuff you know i have my own projects too on the side that i'm slowly working on 
um, trying to get up. You know, what I've what I found is, is like anytime I have an idea, like I'm not afraid to attack it. So I've worked on I'm right now I'm working on a data product on the side that I can talk about um, a data product on the side. It's using um, a system called Apache NiFi and it's using, um, you know, some uh, an, an open source authentication system um, to and and then um, red, uh, Amazon Redshift and some machine learning using SageMaker um, to do and a an open source visualization tool basically to solve the problem of business intelligence. So that's like what I'm working on on my side. Um, I had this idea like, you know, if I wanted to give make it possible for people to leverage machine learning and artificial intelligence to really just peek at their own data and be able to ask, you know, natural language queries on their data, like, hey, can you tell me the answer to this? And then that system be able to generate a visualization to visualize that data, but then also um, generate queries and things like that and machine learning models to help you um, analyze your data. But it's like lame, like a individual can do it. Basically, idea is to make it so that a a individual can be their own data engineer and leveraging AI to do the work for you. And so like, that's what I'm working on right now. Like that's my side projects, but mostly just Java. I mean, I've worked on all kinds of stuff, Java, React. I've worked on Spring backend stuff. I've worked on Python backend stuff. I've worked on um, Golang internal tooling. I've worked tons of like, you know, AWS cloud, um, just all kinds of stuff, man. And you know, really anything I can get my fingers in, like, as much as I like, a lot of people say jack of all trades, master of none. Honestly, I, I kind of don't believe that. I think that you don't have to be a master of a trade in order or a master of any one specific topic. You really need to have a good foundation on all kinds of things. And then you can find the area that you really like and, and love to specialize in. Me personally, I like building entire experiences. So that's that's what I like to specialize in. I want to be able to build anything top to bottom. Building anything, learning every every day and all the time, something new. and. Uh, I think, you know, from what I'm hearing from you, especially when you talk about getting on the job and just the willingness to take on, you know, whatever is whatever opportunity is thrown your way. It sounds like you're still doing that even outside of work where you're like, let me make an opportunity, even though I haven't done something like this before. So I think it's a good takeaway for anybody who does hear this conversation of like. It is a drive that hopefully you have when you're on this journey, whether it's career change or um, career advancement, once you get that first job, like the learning is not going to stop. You got to keep pushing yourself and you have to keep pursuing those opportunities that are probably going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. But uh, I, th I believe you said something to the effect of like, if I shine enough lights on this, I'm going to find that solution, right? Which is a, a really interesting perspective and phrase. And I know I've said that, but <laughs> said that same thing to myself a number of times along the learning journey, along the job search, and now even now where it's like, oh, I'm going to work on this new project that I haven't done before. Let's just go in. We know we're going to figure this thing out. We've solved every problem along the way here. We're going to keep solving problems. So I think that's very inspirational. For sure. And actually, I, I told Matt a story about this one time. This is the way I think about this, actually. When you're encountering a new problem, like imagine it's like you're walking into a horror story and you have no idea who did it. And your goal is to find out who did it. And so you walk into this like dark, empty mansion and all you have is a flashlight and a notebook. And so like you're walking through this mansion, shining a light on something and you like you see that and you can think about it and take a note on it. And then you like point to another area, you see that and you take a note on it. And like as you go, it's kind of like in a video game, you know how the, the map starts to kind of like lighten up and reveal itself and you can see more of like where you've been. 
you know, that's kind of like what learning to code and learning software is like, is when you first start, it's this giant wall of nothingness that you have no clue how anything works. And then you shine a light on something and you might shine a light over here and then you might shine a light up to the right. And you'll eventually get to get enough of the picture to now you start remembering, oh, you know what? I remember way back there, there was a door handle. I think that I, or there was a picture frame on the wall. I think that picture frame led to a secret room, you know, and it starts clicking, right? It's the same way with software. Like you then eventually you start to see the, all of these different little pieces. They start to illuminate themselves because you've, you've, you've touched them and, and, and then it starts clicking. Like it just really starts to make it easier. Absolutely. Well, there's so many golden nuggets in, in this story. And I really appreciate you joining us for this episode, Stephen. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's, it's always a pleasure. Let's let's remind everybody that we're getting close to episode 50 and we'd love to do something special. So if anybody has any uh, questions or anything topic wise they want to send our way uh, for a special episode, please reach out to us at selftaughtdevs at gmail.com. Or if you're connected with us on LinkedIn, shoot us a message or a comment. We'd love to do some Q&A stuff for episode 50 and celebrate that milestone. And uh, let's talk about Patreon. We are on Patreon. If you can't support us financially, that's totally fine. Just spread the word about the show and tell a friend, tell a fellow developer that's on their journey, and maybe we can help them out along their way. If you do want to support us financially, that money that you contribute goes right back to the show and helps us keep making this. Uh, we got a bunch of goodies for you every month, and you get your name right at the end of every episode, just like these fine folks. Roxy Rodriguez-Becker, Nick Romanishan, Matt Hoadley, Danielle Arnett, Vanessa Vunn, and Danny McVeigh. Thank you all so much for supporting Self-Taught Devs. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you aren't already, please subscribe. We release a new episode every Friday. If you want to help us grow, please share this show with your network. Check the show notes for all of our links. Reach out and say hi. Email us at selftaughtdevs at gmail.com if you have a recommendation for a guest or a topic. Thank you for listening to Self Taught Devs.